Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Queens, angels, and saints, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And so we continue to try to get into the holiday spirit. Um, and, you know, some of us are distracted and some of us are really into it. But the thing about it is we should always be in, in the spirit of the Lord in some way, shape, or form, because that is what the Christmas holiday and season is about, is the celebration of the birth of Jesus and uh, what he brings to us. And so um, we need to talk about things of a spiritual perspective from time to time. And one of the people that we've had on before is the author now of a book that deals with a subject of Grace, and so we welcome back Pastor Reginald Holmes. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, G, and thank you again for having me on the Power Hour. We all can use some power, and I'm so glad that you invited me to be on your program again. Well, I'm glad you came back, and I've intended to have you back, but I couldn't miss this opportunity. Um, I happened to be over um, our mutual uh friend and relative's place, and I saw the, I spotted the cover, and I, I'm like, okay, I've, I've got to work on getting you back on, because, and, and now you're in such popular demand, so I am pleased and blessed that you have graced us with your presence today to talk about your book and the subject. So can you, first of all, give everybody who did not listen before uh, a background about you and, and where you hail from and, and what you do, and uh, then tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book. Yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from a little town uh, uh, a bit south of uh, Orlando, born and raised in a place called Stewart, Florida, and uh, I went to Martin County High School and played a variety of sports there. I got a scholarship to Indiana University and uh, graduated from college and went to seminary a few years after that and got called to a church in Denver, Colorado in 1988. And they haven't kicked me out yet, so I'm working on my my, my 35th year this year at uh, at New Covenant. And I tell you, it's one of the best churches this side of heaven, and I'm so excited to be in God's uh, ministry. Uh, what motivated me 
to write the book, Whatever Happened to Grace, is after 30-plus years, actually, of <clears throat> listening to to sermons. I found that in so many of our sermons, there is the absence of grace. You hear a lot of work. You hear a lot of people saying, this is what you have to do to get to heaven. When in all actuality, the scripture never speaks of your works as saving you. In fact, it speaks to the contrary. It says that we are saved by grace through faith and not by our works. If we were saved by our works, then, you know, there would be no need for Jesus. We would be able to save ourselves. And so just listening year after year after year to the totality of preaching that was going on, you hear a lot of judgment, you hear a lot of you going to hell, you hear a lot of fire and brimstone, you hear a lot of 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 of, of conviction and judgment. But I, I, I heard very little grace, and I still don't hear very much grace coming from my sermons. Now, I understand why, G., there are people who think that if you if you lead with grace, if grace becomes your primary message, then you must be soft on sin. And it ain't got nothing to do with being soft on sin. It's got something to do with preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace. We ain't saved by somebody threatening uh, hell on us. We ain't saved because uh, only what you do, only what you do for Christ will last. And 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 that 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 statement right there, it ain't biblical, but it's a it's a statement that people say all the time, and it puts the emphasis on us. It puts the emphasis on our works somehow saving us. When in all actuality, you saved by grace. Ain't none of us gonna be good enough. Ain't none of us gonna be perfect enough to get to heaven. Either it's grace are all of us going to be doomed because every one of us born of a woman is full of sin and only God can cure that sin. And so that's kind of inspired me to write the book, just listening to preachers and sermons that really don't make salvation the work of Jesus Christ and the work of our God. Okay. So I'm, I think one of the things has to be, I don't know if enough people understand what grace is, even those who, uh, you know, theologians and other things, you know, or, or maybe aren't sure how to explain what grace is and how it works. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that there is an ignorance there. I think also, too, there, 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 there is a a benign ignorance. And when I say benign, I'm talking about people who really do know the definition of grace, but just refuse to preach it. Grace says that God loves everybody. The Christian church and the Christian faith is probably one of the most bigoted institutions on earth when it comes down to spiritual and, and, and faith bigotry. We believe that God is only our God, which is a misreading of Scripture, because when you begin to read Scripture, grace is all through the message of the gospel. 
Grace says, first of all, that God loves everybody. And it is, it is, it is clearly in, in our theme scripture. Everybody knows it. You almost know it the moment you're born, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. And we could just stop right there. God loved the world. That didn't just mean Christians. That didn't just mean Buddhist Muslims. It says God so loved the world. And so when Jesus started his ministry, that was one of his his primary statements about who God is. You remember the story of his disciples went in and they wanted to burn down the Samaritan village because they wouldn't give them a place to stay. And Jesus said to them, you don't know what spirit you're of. You don't, you don't kill people. You don't burn down folk town because they are not nice to you or you think that your God has somehow uh, better than anybody else's, you know, interpretation or understanding of God. There's only one God. There's only one God. We got different interpretations of that God, but God loves everybody. That's the that's the message of grace. That marvelous sermon, and he preached it, and three thousand souls came to Christ. And 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 Peter got up and preached, and he said, "The message that I'm preaching to you is for your children's children, and to all who are afar off." All who are afar. So the message of love, the message of Jesus, is a message of grace that is intended to convey God loves everybody, not just Christians, not just Buddhists, not just Muslims, not just Jews, but everybody. Everybody means everybody. But we don't, we, we try to, we, you know, we, we, we can't reconcile that with some of our triumphal preaching where we got to always be the best. Christians got to always be the one on top. Our dog bigger than your dog, my religion better than your religion. And we don't bring to the table grace where it says, I love you. And I love you because God loves you. I know you're Catholic. I know you're Jewish. I know you're a Buddhist, but I love you. Because God loves you. That has to be our message. Not unless you accept Jesus, you're going to hell. You ain't going to get in. You ain't going to make it unless you. Well, accepting Jesus is how you become a Christian. But after you get outside of Christianity, your faith has no influence on people who believe differently. But why do we have to kill each other? Why can't we accept the fact that if God loves Christians, God also loves Buddhists and Muslims and Jews and other people. So that kind of motivated me. I know that was a long way around the barn, but that's kind of what motivated me to write the book. Well, I'm I'm greatly appreciative of, of you writing it, and, and I, I don't care how long it took you to get around the barn, as you say. It's important because um, I, I, especially now when you look at Especially, you're looking at what's going on in Israel, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around. You, you know, I mean, we know that there have been, let's say, holy wars of, of, of different sorts 
in the course of the course of our history. Um, try to trying to reconcile what's going on in Israel right now is very tough for Christians, Jews, Palestinians, and any and probably a lot of people who are observing and saying, well, these people say that they are this and that, but then this war is going on and people are getting killed and hurt, innocents and stuff. How do you use grace to reconcile action, I guess you could say, you know, especially, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I when I look at what's happening in the Middle East, uh, my, my heart aches, and it aches because I see so many of us who have been forced into a corner to not call right right and wrong wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've been forced into that corner because of this erroneous belief that one group of people is more favored. Getting back to grace now, G. One group of people are more favored by God than any other group on the earth. See, that's, that, that, that's your problem right there because you brought into the notion, because you've read their story. Their story is the story of the Old Testament. So you read their story. Mm-hmm. When they proclaim themselves in their own story, they proclaim themselves to be God's chosen people. You know, they, they, they their writings have God saying, I have chosen you. You are my chosen vessels. You are the, you're reading the Jewish story. Guess what? If you read another religious group, they're like, they're loved by God too. But how can we understand a concept of grace that God does not play favorite? That's at the essence of all that we believe, that God is not partial. He's not partial to anyone. He loves everybody. But we have this notion that after we have read their accounts in the Old Testament of who they are and how they understand their relationship to God to be, we now have brought into the fact, and it's so insane because you're admitting to the fact Oh, they're better than I am. I can't say anything against them because they're God's people. I cannot I cannot come against them. I must be able to say that these are the chosen of God and whatever they choose to do, then it's all right with me because they are God's chosen. Well, God didn't agree with everything they chose to do. Even when you read this story, mm-hmm. there were times that God was at odds with Israel for the things they did, for the decisions that they made. Now, we understand our violence. Palestinians have done some, some atrocious things. But I remember what Malcolm X said one time. You can't, you can't come into my house and steal my stuff and take what's mine. And then when I shoot you or defend myself, you can't charge me with murder? That's self-defense. I mean, these people are trying to defend what has also been their homeland. So how do they somehow, you know, how do do they get a piece of of, of the land and of the property? Now, we, we have to say to Hamas that you're wrong, Hamas. No, 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 no. Israel has a right to exist. 
They have a right to exist. Israel, Hamas has a right to exist. And so the two sides have got to come together and at least get to a place where they can acknowledge that each side has the right to exist. I for an I-242 going to leave everybody blind and toothless. So you're going to have to be able to acknowledge that God loves everybody. But these American Christians who won't say anything because they think to criticize Israel, and the media has sort of played into this, that if you criticize Israel, if you criticize their president, that you're being anti-submitted. Any criticism against Israel, you get accused of being an anti-Semitic type person. Well, that's just like that's just like black black people. They they charged us. Oh, you can't say we racist, you know. Or black people charge white folk who do stuff every time they do something. You know, y'all just racist. Y'all just no, 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 no. It's it's not racist. It's sometimes personalities. It's sometimes people making very bad decisions, but not all white folks are racist any more than all black people are racist. The bottom line is we have to understand that each other, we all have a right to exist. There is no one more favored by God than any other group. So that's my take on it. Uh, I've been critical of both sides. I will not allow anybody to paint me in the corner with that fake, phony, religious thing about one group is the chosen and most favorite. Therefore, the rest of us can't say nothing. Just let them kill up however they want to kill up. Kill up as men. We ain't going to say nothing because they have a right because they are God's people. Indians are God's people. (laughs) Okay. All right. I mean, it is hard. It is definitely, and I know we've kind of gotten off track in terms of, uh, in a way, in terms of uh, no, what no, happened. No, no, we are great. This is all about great. No, this is all about Okay, grace. all right. So, because it, it is, you know, we have this Bible. The Bible is the word of God. Well, And so the words of God in this Bible, you know, say that Israel that that's the chosen people, and therefore, yeah. you know, how dare we go against that? You you're trying to get us to go to hell. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You picking up somebody else's story is, is essentially what we have done with our faith. We've picked up someone else's story, and we have made their story. The, the 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 measurement or the yardstick for all of religious life. Not your story. You reading somebody mm-hmm. else's story. Who's tell? It's like when you reading you reading you know the Old Testament. You're reading primarily the Jewish view of the world. You're reading the Jewish view of God. Now we've all accepted that as our faith tradition. We embrace that, those of us who are Christian. But to embrace anything, gee, without critique is dangerous. You'll end up in Jonestown drinking Kool-Aid, poison Kool-Aid if you don't. Mm. You, you, you ain't got no critique. You're just going to let folk do whatever they want to do, and it's okay. And I, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet because, you know, it ain't right to speak out. I can't say nothing. Well, you know, you, you got to understand 
We have adopted that story. We've made it our own story, but we've done it without critique. And that is the danger of taking the Bible literally and taking the Bible and 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 taking it on someone else's word. You know, you 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 think one group is chosen, you've missed the Bible. You've missed it. God's people is the word. It ain't no one group of people, it's the world. And if you don't understand that, you've missed grace altogether. We are going to take a quick break. We are here with Pastor Reginald C. Holmes. He is an author of the book, Whatever Happened to Grace, Biblical and Theological Applications of the Grace of God. This is G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. Sir Reginald C. Holmes, author, pastor and author of Whatever Happened to Grace, Biblical and Theological Applications of the Grace of God. Um, pastor Holmes, um, so tell me, we get grace from God. I guess that's basic and simple if we want to try to break that down. What do we do with this grace? that God has given us. Um, it, how do we, how are we misstepping and not applying it properly? No, that's a great question. That is a great question because the question becomes, you know, uh, if you're heavy on grace, you have to be soft on sin and soft on corrective behavior and soft on work and soft on all, all of those things. When you, when you accept the grace, of God, that God loves you just the way you are. God expects you to change from the way you are. But he first accepts all of us. You know, we try to tell people, you need to get right, you know, and then come to church. Well, if folk could get right without coming to church, they wouldn't need the church. Uh, you gotta, You got to first give yourself over to God realizing that God loves you the way you are, but God expects you to change from the way that you are. 
So what is the purpose of our works? Our works is our response to the love of God. When you come to understand and accept that God loves you, that ought to change your behavior. In spite of all of your ugliness, all of your sins, all of the things that you've done to hurt God and to hurt other people, God still loves you. I believe the I believe Paul says in Romans, while we were yet I believe it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. God loved us while we were sinners. My works are my response to God. It's like a man saying, Oh, I know I know my wife loves me. And he stays out with his friends all time of night. Oh, I know my wife loves me. Two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, he comes home. Uh, uh, wife is dutiful. You know, three in the morning. I'm just using this hypothetical. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, his food is ready. Got his slippers. You know that. What was that movie? That movie. Uh, I forgot what. What's that song about? It's a it's a thin line. So so he's at home. She's at home. He comes home. He's there, got his water running, uh, and he does this, you know, repeatedly. That's how he lives mm-hmm. his life. He lives, but he said, "Oh, oh, my wife loves me. My wife, oh man, man, I ain't got to go home. My wife loves me. I ain't got to do right because my wife loves me." That's how a lot of people mm-hmm. treat God. That's how they treat God. No, you got to have a response to that love. You saying something, my grandmama say, boy, whatever you be in your life, you make sure you don't ever become an ingrate. And an ingrate is somebody who has other people to do things for them, and they don't know how to properly say thank you. So when you come to the understanding of all that God has done for you, that has to change you. Are you an ingrate? Oh, man. So... Again, you so the know works, the works I, the works are our response, G. So so it's not that you 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 just throw works away and say, oh, I ain't got to work, I ain't got to do that. No, if you come to the understanding of God's grace and that God loves you, that motivates you to want to be nice to people, to be kind to people, to work to make somebody else's life right. So our works mm-hmm. are our response, but our works are not what saves us. Grace saves okay. us. Okay. God's unconditional love. Okay. So I, I guess, I guess what I, my question would be, uh, we do these works. <clears throat> They're not going to save us. And in fact, um, in some cases, we're going to get criticized. We're going to be called hypocrites. We're going to be, you know, called misguided and a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know, you're not really doing, you know, because uh, as we go forward, you know, a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. Uh, one person's interpretation may be a little bit different than another person's interpretation. And we do tend to rely on people. We tend to rely on, you know, concrete words and, and visuals and stuff. And sometimes we don't allow the spirit to work within us and we we get led astray okay yeah so you know you're you're gonna have some people are gonna say okay so what's the point point of what what's what's the point of 
having grace? What's the point of, you know, doing these works? What, you know, you're going you're gonna to have people that will get exhausted, will get worn down, will get, you know, uh, caught up in other stuff and lose sight of what, why they're really doing what they're doing, you know, or, or, you know, why God has given us grace. And they may say, what's the point? Well, I think I think the point is is what you spoke of a few minutes ago about about Israel. I mean that's that's a classic point. That if you understand that God loves folk other than you, then it it should break you out of being a prejudiced person. Mm-hmm. It should break you out from being a bigoted religious person. It should cause you to see God and to see people differently. You don't look at people now and see candidates for hell, but you see candidates for God's <laughs> love. You, you know, that that's how most of us look at, oh, he going to hell, going to bust hell wide open. Well, you, you just, you know, you be careful with what you say about who going to hell and who's doing because the bottom line is grace says God loves all of us. And if you approach your life that way, you ain't got a whole lot of room in that belief system to be a bigot, whether it's racial or religious. You don't have room to be a bigot. So the point of grace is so that we can live more harmoniously with each other. And so I'm looking and saying, wow, God loved me. And all that I have done, all the mess I've done, mm-hmm. all the sins I've committed, God loves me, then that's going to stop me from judging G when G makes a mistake. G, you know, God loves you, baby. And get back on the horse. You done made a mistake now. You know, repent mm-hmm. of your sin. And let's 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 get back on, on track here. But you make a mistake in the church today and you're done. And don't mm-hmm. let it be something, don't let it be them big three sins. I mean, you, you'll never get back into good graces with a lot of people in the church. We're hateful, we're mean, and we love to see people punished. And, and, and we have to admit that. That mess goes on in the church. It's been in the church for ages. Why has it mm-hmm. been there? It has something to do with, the training in our pulpits. And this is this is the thing, you know, gee, black folk, we don't just let pass and let go by and and we ain't we, we haven't addressed it. See see gee, you gee, you wouldn't think of going to a doctor who ain't went to to, to some kind of school, Harvard, Yale, uh, Florida. He don't went to school somewhat to learn how to be a doctor. And, and and here you got you you got your appendix done ruptured, and you saying you, you know I, I'm gonna go to the man who ain't never been to school. He he does surgery out of his garage, and the anesthetic he use is pulls rum on you and make you drink a glass. No, you ain't going to that person. You <laughs> no. going to the person who done been? That's your body. That is your body. You are not going to entrust your body to somebody who's uneducated to deal with your body. But we don't demand our preacher to get no education, 
We'll sit up under somebody who just puts out a shingle and finds the building, and we go up in the church, and the man or the woman has had no training at all. And we'll sit up under people our whole lives, and nothing mm-hmm. changes for us. Why would you entrust your spirit to somebody that you wouldn't entrust your body to? That doesn't make any sense to me. And we and we in the black church, we're critical of education. Oh, look at him. He's he trying to be deep. He's trying to be deep. He's trying to be so smart. He thinks he all – it's crazy. It's just crazy that, how that we is have crazy. flipped. How we have flipped. Yeah. We would not trust our body to somebody who ain't been trained, but our spirit, which is more valuable than our body, we'll give it to anybody. Here, take it. Perform surgery on me. I don't care. You ain't got to stitch me back up. Just go ahead and say anything, and I'll I'll accept it. And I'm saying that what that's what has to change. It's our literacy. It's yeah. The literacy. It's very interesting. It's the literacy in the black church that's killing us theologically because most people really don't know what grace is, but yet it's at the center of our faith for God to mm. love the world. Yeah. Wow. We're going to take a quick break. We are here with Pastor Reginald C. Holmes's book is Whatever Happened to Grace. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We will be right back. At Vintage Labs Collection, we are a multifaceted team of medical professionals dedicated to delivering the best quality products to patients. Our mission is to deliver the best supplement and patient outcomes in healthcare environments and consumer homes. Chat with our consulting pharmacists by visiting our website at www VintageLabsCollection.com. Supplements are not highly regulated, but Vintage Labs holds the standards higher than most. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you. With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we're going to give you the number. It's 516-387-1944. If you have questions or comments of Pastor Reginald C. Holmes, he is the author of the new book, Whatever Happened to Grace. And so uh, we've been talking about how we get grace, how we use grace. Um, and so I guess what I want to know, we get grace, we use grace. What is the, I guess, in, and I think you've touched on this a little bit, but let's just be clear. What is the intended and expected outcome of 
what we, you know, getting grace and what we do with it. Is that we'll be saved, but we are saved by grace. We are saved mm-hmm. by the unconditional love of God. Either either it's grace or ain't none of us going to heaven. Ain't none of us going to get into a relationship with God while we're on this earth. If it, because there is no man or woman who can point to their own perfection or their own worthiness as to why they're saved. You're saved because we serve a God who does nothing but love. God is love. That's what God is. And so what is the end result? The end result is my salvation. I'm in relationship with God when I embrace the fact that God loves all. I'm saved. That's the very definition of being saved, is that I accept through faith. But we are saved by grace through faith, Romans 10 and 9. We're saved by grace through through, through, through faith, Ephesians, I'm sorry, Ephesians. We are saved by grace, 2, 8, 9. Not by works, not by works. And so we have to, we have to see that the end game is, is, is our salvation. Now, the question then, G, becomes, well, what is salvation? Well, I think salvation has everything to do with how you live in harmony with your brother or your sister. That, that that's what it is. You know, how, how can you say you love God who you ain't never seen, but you hate your brother and sister who you see every day? How can you say that you are saved if you don't have it right with your brother or your sister? And I think that starts down here. It doesn't start when we die. It starts down here. So the end game for me of, of understanding grace is that it secures my salvation. It prevents me from being a bigot. A bigot prevents me from having so many prejudices about people. Why? Because every time I look at somebody, I see the love of God. I see someone who God loves. Yeah, but Pastor Holmes, you don't know how bad they are. Okay, I understand how bad they are, but I believe Jesus said this. He says this, I believe, in in, in, in Matthew's gospel. Uh, he said, Somebody asked him, Lord, how are we going to get to heaven? How is it that we're going to get to heaven? He said, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you. They said, well, is it, is it doing works? Is it, is, it, is it doing, you know, how is it that we're going to pass the test? He, and he said to them, he said, when you have seen me hungry, when you have seen me thirsty, when you have seen me homeless, when you see me in prison, in other words, when life has knocked people down, when, when, when they have had some misfortune in life to end up in prison, to end up in poverty, to end up uh, uh, homeless, but what, what he, says, he says, when you show kindness to those people, it's as if you did it unto me. When you've done it unto the least of these, my brothers, we we miss that G all together. When you've done it to the least, so you want to know what's the end game to salvation? The end game to salvation, the end game to grace is that I have my salvation. What's my salvation? My salvation is how I treat other people. My response to how God has treated me. So I go to the prison. Why? Because I'm a recipient of grace. 
I go to the hospitals and visit the sick. Why? Because I am a recipient of grace. And except for the grace of God, I could be in the hospital. I could be in prison. So the end game for me, G, is is my salvation. And my salvation is all about my relationship with God and my relationship with people. It's just not my relationship with God. Because you can't just say you love God your brother and your sister, and you don't do anything to help them out. Okay, so you mentioned before about us judging, and yeah, I mean, one of my, I guess, favorite phrases per se, but but I'm a hypocrite about it too, I'm going to admit that, is, you know, judge not, lest you be judged. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you you know, you look at people, and people, you, you that that kill, that kidnap, that engage in stuff like, you know, sex crimes, like sex trafficking and rape and, and other things. And you're like, you say, you know, and I don't know what it is, but it's, it's not, you, you kind of almost have to take a breath before you respond, but we don't. And so there's that automatic trigger that says they don't, they don't deserve grace. They don't deserve yeah. mercy. They don't deserve, you know, um, forgiveness. They, you know, it's like, you know, if, if it was me, I do, you know, then, you know, and it, it's, it's, um, it's interesting how we jump, uh, to, to make a determination about who's deserving of, of things like, like grace. Right. Right. Uh, right. It, it, and so, and, you know, you have to step back and be like, okay, who made me God? Right. You know, God, God didn't do that. God didn't say that. We don't know what God is thinking. You know, it, well, it's interesting. I think, I think, yeah, I think, gee, that the, the issue, the issue for for me, as it as it relates to to judging people, I don't think we've been called to be judges, but we've been called to be fruit inspectors. Is the way I like to think of it, because okay. you'll know people by their fruit. He didn't call me to judge, mm. but I got to, I got to inspect your fruit, brother, because I need to know whether or not you know is ripe. I need to know how you come in, you know, with it. I, I just need to know because he said you you'll know them by their fruits, and so yeah, I mean everybody can. It ain't up to me to judge. It's up to me to know because I have to be careful who I who I'm dealing with because, yeah, we got murderers, we got killers, we got all kind of folk out here. and But now none of that, G, that you just talked about, because what we do is we limit the grace. The greater the sin, the lesser the grace. The greater the mm. sin, the less capability God has to forgive us. That's our thinking. Oh, you, you, mm-hmm. you killed a mass murderer? God don't love him. Where you get that from? Where you get that from? He may not love God, but it doesn't change the fact that God loves him. And that's the part about grace we don't understand. God's love is not conditional. It's not based on your sin. While you were sinners, he sent his son. So it's not based on, and that's why, that's why I'm so glad you said what you said when you were explaining this. Person come up and say, "Well, I ain't God." Exactly, exactly, because it would be a poor God if God was you, because you can yeah. forgive people. 
of all. You, you, you can't love all. There's only one entity who can love all without any conditions whatsoever. He loves you whether you love him back or not. God blesses you whether you bless God or not. That, that, that's the definition of who God is. There is no other human being on earth capable of doing that. There is no human being on earth capable of doing that. So just to mm-hmm. love like that, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that this person is going to get off the hook for the sins that they've committed. There are consequences. You do the sin, you got to do the consequences, baby. You don't escape the consequences. Now you look at the Garden of Eden, and this is one of the the stories in my in my book. You look at the Garden of Eden, and in the Garden of Eden, gee, uh, egregious sin was committed. Egregious, just absolutely egregious sin. And people say, mm-hmm. well, God said they were going to die, but they didn't die. Well, you know, the bottom line is God still loved them. He didn't kill mm-hmm. them. He gave them grace. He moved them out of the garden and into a place where they had to labor, where they had to understand that you can't violate the boundaries of God without consequences. That's what the creation story tells us. There are boundaries in God's world, and you must accept the consequences. But will God stop loving you because you are a sinner? No, absolutely not. If that was the case, none of us would be saved. God is Mm -hmm. the only one capable of loving every single one of us without condition. Why? God is love. He's nothing else. So when we get all this, God going to kill you, God going to strike you down, God going to do this to you, God, no, God ain't doing nothing to, but love you. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if something happened to you, it's caused the result of your consequences. But don't go blaming God who gave you freedom, who gave you unconditional love, and you go out and you use your 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 freedom to hurt people, to kill people, to harm people, and you want to turn around or others want to turn around and say, why God let that happen? God didn't let nothing happen. God gave that person (laughs) free will. That person did that. You put the blame on who did it. But don't Mm -hmm. blame the one who gave us freedom Mm -hmm. and caused us to use our freedom responsibly. All of this is in the book. You got to use your freedom responsibly. You ain't just free to do whatever you want to because there are consequences to your freedom. But don't take it the next step further, G. Don't go into God don't love you. God hate ugly. God, no, no, no. See, all that stuff <laughs> that comes out of you, – you, you know what I'm talking about, G. All that stuff that comes out of our culture, it is so unbiblical and it's untheological, but we repeat that stuff almost almost to the to the point of superstition. You, you know, and it's just, it's horrible, the things that we say about God. And that's what this mm. book is about. Whatever happens, wow. it's about getting God off the hook with all of our language and all of our just horrible beliefs about what God does. God doesn't do anything but love. God is love. If something bad mm. happened to you, either you did it or somebody else did it to you. But don't blame God. It, it uh, popped in my mind as you were talking that, um, and we got to take a quick break, but um, before we go, it popped in my mind when you were talking about grace. Um, I think when I when I think about grace, I think about God's commitment to us, and I was thinking of, you know, um, he's committed to us 
uh, and has given us grace in spite of us, you know. You know and I was thinking about marriage and a truly committed marriage and how there's a lot of, there's got to be, a, I guess, a lot of exchange of grace in a marriage because stuff happens. And, and in a truly committed marriage, you're 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 stuck there. You're stuck there for life. Mm-hmm. You know, you are exchanging grace, as I say, for for things that are occurring. In 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 one breath, you are almost ready to walk out the door, or you're ready to do something horrible. But then you know you channel God's grace. Uh, in, in the mercy and love and forgiveness of of the other person in the marriage, you know, I, I don't know why that that popped into my head, but it, that that occurs to me, you know. I think God is the same way. It's like, you know, you're doing some really stupid stuff down here, but I, I love you anyway. <laughs> I'm so yeah, yeah, care of you. Yeah, yeah, but but gee, here's the here's the, here's the other piece, and I'll be quick because I know you're going to break. But the, but the issue is. Taking marriage, taking marriage for instance, and taking us as human beings, you have a lot of you have a lot of lot of folks in marriages and in relationships, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that if you're going to be in a marriage, you're going to have to deal with the ups and downs. You're going to have to have grace to hold it together. Interesting, you should bring this topic up because I had a had a had a session with some folks on yesterday where the topic came up and someone was in a very abusive relationship and mm. some somebody was advising them based on the fact that it's marriage and we have such a negative view of divorce that you can't divorce. You got to stay there and work it out. Pray. If you pray and read your Bible, they were giving people this kind of advice. And I just shot the whole room and said, no, no. God does not condone you staying somewhere where you're getting your butt beat every other Mm -hmm. day. God does not condone you, whether you're a man or a woman, getting your butt beat. God does not condone you being in a verbally or physically abusive situation that you done been in for, you know, all of the marriage. I mean, just Mm -hmm. live in hell. but, But because the church and do gooders want to tell people, oh no, 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 you can't get divorced. Divorce, oh no, 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 no. Man, are you crazy? You telling a mar you you telling an abused person to go back into a situation in which they could possibly be killed? If they have even been on the verge of being killed previously? And you're telling well, that person you're telling that I think it's important that to, marriage to, marriage is yeah. more important than their health. No, you can't tell somebody that. Well, I think it's important to realize and, and, and remember first, God did not create marriage first. God created the human being first. God That's created right. all of us in his image and likeness. And um, we, I'm kind of going on another subject and I could go further, but we, we're talking about the value, the value of human life, which comes up a lot in a lot of different other subjects I won't go into right now. But um, the value of human life, that kind of has to start with valuing your own self. And I think um, in a way we've kind of lost the meaning of that or don't understand the meaning of that. And we're not necessarily talking about being selfish, but we got to realize that life is a gift that God gave and we have to treasure and value that um, first 
before we can go on and, and treasure and value uh, other human life. Yeah. You know, because if we don't know how to value value ourselves and value life first, then we don't know how to deal with other people. That's right. Properly. You're absolutely, absolutely very well said. Very well said. So we're going to take this final quick break, and we will be back with pastor and author Reginald C. Holmes. Whatever Happened to Grace is his book. The number, if you have questions when we come back, is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faith, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument and I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Tomorrow, you got medical questions. Our favorite cardiologist, Dr. Taiwan Tillman, will join us to break down the medical news so and answer any of your questions in the best way he can. So we look forward to having him back on with us. And right now we're going back to Pastor Reginald C. Holmes. Whatever happened to Grace is his book. Um, I think Barnes and Noble is one of the places you can get it, um, and uh, there's probably some others, but um, I posted the link. Amazon, okay, yeah, I've got to remember that. So, um, uh, Pastor Holmes, what do you hope? I, I, you, I, I'm taking that you got caught up and you had to get this out of your system, so you got it out of your system. <laughs> Number one is what do you expect people to take away? From this book number two, you got another book coming. Yes, I'm. I'm uh, the second part of this is going to be mad about grace, and 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 grace is something that offends a lot of people. And Jesus mm. tells parables about how offensive grace can be. Do you remember the parable of the workers in the vineyard, where? Mm-hmm. where, where well, one group started out at the beginning of the day, worked 12 hours, and then there's another group who came at the end of the day, and they worked only one hour. It's a, mm-hmm. parable, about, it's a parable about grace. What happens at the end of the parable? Everybody got paid the same thing. Mm-hmm. Who, got, who, who got mad? Who got offended? The ones who figured they had done the most work, they figured their works were going to get them saved. And so Jesus said, no, 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 no. Can I do with my own what I want to do with it? Can I bless whoever I want to? I don't need to ask your permission. You agreed to work for me, and I agreed to pay you this. Why are you worried about what I'm paying other people? See, that, that that's the parable about about grace, the parable of the prodigal son. 
You 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 know that parable. When he yep. came home, somebody got offended. Somebody got mad about why are you giving him a party? What 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 makes him so special? Lord, why are you blessing him? I've been with you all this time. I ain't never left. The elder brother got mad about grace. So my second book mm-hmm. is going to deal with the fact, and you asked the question earlier, why don't people deal with, 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 with grace? They, they, because they're mad about it. They, they actually are mad that God chooses to bless everybody because we all mm-hmm. want to be special. We all want to mm-hmm. be the one. We want to be the chosen, the favorite group. And God said, I don't have no favorite group. I love you all. I'm going to pay you all the same. And if I can't pay you all the same, I'm definitely not going to reward nobody because you think you've been better than somebody else. None are good, Jesus said, except the Father. So that's going to be my next project, dealing with with grace. I think where I hope this whole thing to go in terms of what people get out of this first book is that they come to see that God loves them and that because God loves you, you must now go out and love all that God loves. You mm. cannot you cannot continue to to, to, to to live in this eye for an eye, two for two. God's gonna get the ugly people, but he's gonna save all the pretty people like me. He's gonna save you, you know, no 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 that that ain't how it works, baby. If if it ain't grace, if it ain't grace, ain't none of us going to be saved. Because every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we're still living, we continue to sin. That's the other thing we don't like. Oh, no, I don't live in sin. Well, you just, you know, saying you don't live in sin. We all commit something, tell lies to the bill collectors. We We do something. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what yours is, but I know what mine are. And we all commit to So if it ain't grace, if it ain't grace that saves us, ain't nobody going to get in. Pastor Holmes, thank you so much for coming back. I know it's been a minute, but, you know, we definitely hope to have you back on when you have some time. And, and you got to reach out as soon as you get that next book out there, Okay. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Always good to be with you. Amen. Thank you so much, and God bless. And Merry Christmas. Same to you. Happy New Year as well. Thank you. You too. And thank you all for listening. God willing, talk to you tomorrow. This has been G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Yeah.